Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. How are you? Good, man. How about yourself? Good. Sorry about texting you the wrong conversation. That's <laughs> no, like not at all. I can't tell you a more uh so for everyone in Patreon listening, what happened was I texted Scott something that I intended to text my daughter, um, just about being recording until eleven because she's sick at school it's her last day she's got an exam and she's like hey can you come pick me up after school or after i've done my test and i'm like sure but i won't be done till 11. anyways this all happened at like 8 a.m i'm still groggy in bed i texted you that yes and then i rolled over and went back to sleep and i woke up to a text from you saying i'm guessing this is not for me question mark and i just that has to be one of the most panicked feelings a person can experience <laughs> like when they're groggy and half out of it and just this, the thought of texting anybody the wrong thing in this yes. day and age i'm like oh did i send a text that it was meant for my wife that was graphic yeah. to scott like what happened here it's so, really funny because uh my wife and her mom are always sending TikTok videos back and forth mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. And her mom accidentally sent it instead of to her, to Taylor, to Taylor's stepmom, which uh, it wasn't, it wasn't literally it, the TikTok is just right. regular role. Just sure. some dogs doing something some stupid in a dancing pool. or something like that. Exactly. But it was funny that, uh, her mom was just panicking, like, do you think she's going to be upset? <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh man, sometimes I'll, I'll go to like send a picture or a link, uh, in my messages. And then I'll go to, I don't know, the way I do it instead of copying and pasting into a conversation, it's so I'll just like hit the share button and then do like the drop down and select which, but anyways, about three or four times a year, I will send it to, my group chat with my wife and her sister rather than just my wife. Just right. Driving. I'm not texting or driving. I shouldn't admit to that, but uh, <laughs> just sometimes it is like, not like totally inappropriate, but it's like yeah. a sexual flirty TikTok, and I'll yeah. send it to both of them. And I'm just like, Oh my God. This is <laughs> very cringe. But so anyways, I'm just, just waiting for the day where I accidentally send you a picture of my junk and uh, have some weird apologies to make. In the morning. I'll be like, not again. How does this keep happening to me? I'm going back to HR. <laughs> this is got to be a harassment at this point. OK, we're making light of some stuff that shouldn't be made light of. I'm sure someone's offended somewhere, which is probably the perfect time to get to mailbag. So. I actually looked at our star rating on Apple for the first time since we basically got listeners. So like, you know, in the last year and a half and Uh it is not a five. I was like, oh, there are people. It's really funny because 
Uh, we're sitting at a 4.6. I went and checked out Blair and Barker, also a 4.6. Went and checked out Gate 14, also a 4.6. So I feel like, I feel like, and you look at our star ratings, buddy, it is all fives are all ones. And it's, it's just people. The same people like, voting, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's week to week. It's week to week. <laughs> there's got to be like 50 people voting and 46 are giving us fives and four people are like these Ross Atkins shills can fucking stop. Oh, it. man. <laughs> the amount of comments I, that I had to skim through that were like, you fucking corporate motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. Oh, man. It's uh, I know there's one that uh, I sent you to that. I'm just like, yeah, man, I don't know what we're saying. That's making these people think that we are Rogers corporate shills, but uh, maybe we're just too positive. Maybe that's all it is, dude. It's just like, we are always looking for the silver lining because who wants to just be miserable watching their sports team all the time. Like I just, I wanted to do that. I'd become a flames fan. And it's working well for me. It's a nice balance. <laughs> Did you see at the uh, NHL awards the other day when McDavid won his or accepted his, I think it was the Ted Lindsay award. And he's like, to all you hockey fans out there, even you flames fans or something. That's like hilarious. That. I missed that. Like Great. A nice little jab. So. All right. Okay. Nothing like poking so- fun at fan bases. We'll get into it here. Welcome, everybody. This is a Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon. So every Hold single on. week, Adam. Oh, mm. I hadn't recorded for YouTube yet. Okay. Do you want a preview of the questions or do you want to go in blind? No, you're right. Let's do a preview. Okay. All right. Um. So first off, lots of love for Craig Ballard. No comments that's specific to get to, but just yeah, lo- loads of positivity for for Craig. Um, and then I got a I got a tweet. Okay, when I posted it on Twitter, and the guy was like, "I'm gonna watch this, but Craig better have kicked the habit of calling Vlad Slim Daddy Vladdy." I just laughed so hard. I'm like, "Oh man, <laughs> uh, I'm watching it, but I'm trepidatious." <laughs> for the weirdest reasons. Okay, uh, we should promote our live show in Edmonton. Yes, good one. Um, Taco Time actually made a specific comment. It was like, make sure you promote your show on it because I know he said at the live show that yeah, was like give us more heads up would be nice. So, um, anyway, so Taco Time commented on the live show it said good inaugural live show gentlemen i would encourage anyone able to get out to the edmonton show to go nice to meet you in person maybe you could convince joel to attend the edmonton show so and then lauren commented and said was that you in the back of the room that's hilarious yeah it was in fact (laughs) i love it yeah we almost need name tags because Nobody truly. knows anybody's faces. No, right? truly. So Nobody knows just... anyone's faces or Adam, even their real names. Right. Like, I know. It was so funny. It's funny. Like, I don't know if he wants it out there, but it's too late now. But like Matt is Taco Time's name. And I was just like, hey, I'm Scott. And we introduce ourselves. And he's like, do you know who I am? I'm like, I don't think so. He's like, I'm in the comments a lot. I'm like, oh, dear God, are you taco time? I felt like I was meeting a celebrity. Right? Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then taco time 
had some comments that uh, this is a bit of a hefty one, but good points, some good questions. I don't know how much we want to spend on, but I'll read the whole thing. So first of all, says, uh, will Springer move down in the lineup now that he has made it to number two on leadoff home runs list because he's never going to catch Ricky anyways. Yeah. Um, so if he's selfish to continue leading off when he could be driving in runners in the second half. So great point. That's something I've wondered about for months years. now, if yeah. not years. <laughs> um, and then Sean Lacomber is like a happier and more mentally stable version of Garth. <laughs> I don't know if we want to read that or not, but it still made me laugh. Um, said, I don't think you can read anything into what the Jays just did in Oakland. Uh, Vlad's last home runs have come off of a position player and the A's, not exactly Garrett Cole. Um, Kikuchi's pitching great. I'd argue number two in the rotation. Uh, pitch clock helping him focus. Manoa comes back and folds his MLB career could be all but over. I let him play his way back to the bigs. That's a strong take, but I also like the idea of like what we did with Nate Pearson, where it's like, just be too good where we can't deny you. And like Alec Manoa did it in triple a three seasons ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just do it again, man. Just like demand playing time with your performance. Ugh. Feels like the best yeah, way to I, I'm excited to get into that one. That's a great point about that. And then <clears throat> I brought this up on long toss, but the uh, people shitting on Ross Atkins for not going out and getting Aaron Hicks off the scrap pile after he, his $30 million contract was DFA'd by the Yankees. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anyways, I called it delusional. And then Mark uh commented on it after the fact um he's the one who added to that initial comment and just said that he's been wanting to add add hicks since the yankees released him so he came and defended his take with some very mr baseball like thread in a very specific situational where hicks yeah. is you know oh from this on year Sunday this year on, in the eighth uh, versus lefty hitters the team blah, in blah, doubles blah. yeah <laughs> not quite that bad I'm, I'm exaggerating but point is i did want to just walk my statement back or to clarify if i if i worded it wrong i don't think having interest in hicks is delusional but i think the idea that like ross atkins is in dereliction of duty for not going and picking up aaron hicks and yeah. like, here's another fucking Ross Atkins. Yeah, there was this I mean, superstar this, just sitting it, there that we just like, that's where I'm like, that's delusional to, to, to blame Ross Atkins again for another miss. Like, yeah, I mean, I wanted Cody Bellinger all off season. And so far that seems like it's working out okay in Chicago, but also mm-hmm. like, so like I get the idea of like getting a guy and whatever, but so it's not delusional to be interested in Aaron Hicks. But yeah. I think it's delusional to to blame, blame Ross, Ross Atkins, Atkins for not, again for for Aaron Hicks not being a Toronto Blue Jay right now. Right, is a like a little delusional. Yeah, I get what you're saying. No, I like oh. it. We'll clear it up, especially considering I know that that uh, what was it, Mark Ryan, is the yeah, yeah. I know he's a regular commenter, so he may have taken a little personal a little offense, offense there when you didn't right, right. mean it. Yeah, right. 
Um, plus, I don't often get a chance to walk back my takes and. You know, like I'm usually pretty like adamant, like, no, you're wrong or we disagree and that's yeah. fine. But I. Whatever. Yeah. Um, this one, for example, uh, who is the dummy that said Jansen should hit second? The fact that nobody didn't say anything makes this podcast seem so amateur. Uh, and then a few minutes later also added, how do you compare Marcus Simeon to Danny Jansen? They're not even in the same class. And then Joel commented with those stats. Uh, mm-hmm. Showing that the very the similar year, offensive literally numbers. have been so, in the same class. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, so people hate seeing numbers though, man. I know. Like it is crazy too. And it ha- it's, it's happened to us right here on the show. Literally mm-hmm. well, a show has gone on. We have stated the way that we have felt about a certain subject. You have looked it up and then we've sat there being like, huh, well, Hmm. that actually is not how that played out at all. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of weird stats that have blown my mind recently, that one that you sent out that tweet about the Blue Jays having the best record in the American league in the last 30 days. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Um, Okay. Then from Twitter. Hey, Adam Scott, love what you guys do. I know everyone keeps mentioning the trade deadline and the need for a bullpen piece, but is there a world where things could be filled internally? And then do you guys literally work for effing Rogers? Brandon Bell. I hate this joke. comment so yeah. much, dude. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. Uh, loads of comments like this, but this one sums it up yeah. nicely. So there you go. Uh, and then Ian in the Discord posted that mm-hmm. picture. Of uh, Semro Burst and Zulueta in the Futures game. That's pretty sweet. Isn't it? And then Blunt Smoking with the Ricky T question. Yeah. Do you have any info on that? I do. I just looked it up. So uh, Tiedemann is on the IL and has been since May 9th because of inflammation in his bicep. It is being reported he's not rehabbing yet, but he's week to week and he's getting closer. They stated... Um, when was it here? Well, if Canada Day yeah. doesn't go well for Manoa, Ricky Tiedemann will be up on the eighth, right? Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, they stated at the end of May that he would start rehabbing, and it here we are a month later, and he hasn't. So this is one of those things where, unfortunately, with inflammation in his throwing arm, you just need to wait until it's not inflamed and everybody acts differently so that's where they're at for ricky yeah <laughs> all right there you go no real news but no real news yeah except yeah. now you know where he is which is okay and then last one uh from patreon john dick says, hey guys i have a question if you're ever short on mailbag questions it's not jay specific or even important but it's something i haven't been able to figure out and now this you might just know the answer to this i don't but I thought it's worth bringing up and just saying, we'll look into it, try and get an answer and get back to him for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, how the heck do you calculate batting average by pitch? As far as I know, batting average needs two metrics an at bat and a result single pitch, i.e. curveball, fastball, etc., doesn't constitute an at bat. So how do we get the metric? Uh, and does it mean something different than it appears at surface level? So, See, this is a fucking awesome question. I love it. There you go, question. John. Great question. 
And honestly, I always, and I don't know if this is the answer. I assumed the answer is how many times does the guy put the bat on the ball with a curveball? And of those times, what is the batting average of how many curveballs you hit per? So we hit? treat contact as the at bat. As the at bat. But and maybe then, that's wrong. Even as I say it, I'm like, huh, because that yeah. does like eliminate strikeouts and stuff. Like if you strike out on a curveball, like I should lower your average. Maybe it's just that's every a really time you, good question. Maybe it's every time you make an offering at a pitch, like if you swing. Yeah. You know? Okay. So what we'll do is let's 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 just be very yeah, uh, candid about should the fact we look we it up no or idea. should we or should no. we throw it out there to the let's, grounds crew and just see what throw people it to think. the grounds crew? Okay. But uh and then we should also just do our own research and not rely on the grounds crew for this one. Yes. I'm curious. But yeah, I feel like my initial thought was like, well, it's every time you swing at it would be like the mm-hmm. divided by number and then the positive outcomes, like base hits that resulted from every time you swung at a curveball. But then I'm like, your batting average would be so low. Like if, yeah. if you accounted for every foul ball, Every time you swung and missed at a curveball, you'd have like way more attempts at a curveball than you would have base. Like everybody's batting average would look really bad against every pitch, wouldn't it? You, you know what, man? It's so funny because baseball stats are either really complicated or we're just missing something here. You right. know, like this is going to be one of those things where the, the grounds crew come in and then they're like, guys, it's it's X plus Y, obviously. And we'll be like, oh, why? <laughs> and then everybody will be like, this makes you guys seem so amateur. Why even yeah. have a baseball like podcast if you don't paid. know every single rule? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that one really got me on the long toss when they were... Uh, was it Joel's question about uh, I think we were talking about Ted Williams and qualifying for the batting yeah. t- like how many at bats per game does it I don't know <laughs> so it's like why even have a baseball like people just suck so bad yeah yeah oh man but I like I like our listeners because my god as soon as that guy was like that everyone was like why are you here like yeah, why fuck are off you and here? die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a very measured response. All right. Let's get yeah, into let's it. Get eh? Should it. we just start this thing? Let's start it. Okay. We're rolling. You want to do three, two, one just for my brain? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Three, two, one. Blast off. Every single week, Adam and I comb through all the interaction that you, the grounds crew, the listeners put into the walk-off universe. We really appreciate all the interaction. Uh, It keeps us busy and definitely lets us know that there are many, many passionate Blue Jays fans out there. So we go through our Twitter. You can DM us there at walk-off podcast. You can also send us a DM on Instagram, the walk-off podcast. Join the Discord. You can do so by reaching out to us and we'll send you a link. And of course, the Patreon. A priority bump, if you will, for your comments and questions. So we do have a few from our Patreon members. By the way, if you're a member of Patreon, but you're just watching things the old fashioned way on the old YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcast, whatever. And there are a few of them doing that. I encourage you to at least once or twice tune in to the Patreon version because 
we do like a 20 minute pre-show dry run and you get maybe a little bit more of a uncensored opinion on some of our responses to some of these absurd comments and questions. So I, I think it's worth thought- your time, honestly, to sit through this. And I always wonder when people are watching that they get to see like our first attempt at a joke. You know, <laughs> no, we do the same joke <laughs> during the mailbag, but we've modified it on the fly and we've adjusted yeah. our our punchlines and our tags. So, yes. Yeah, there you go. We're far more come to the open mic version of mailbag and uh, (laughs) get the rough version. Okay. I love that you brought that up because I always thought the folks that were watching it on YouTube were just like, "Ah, I can't handle that 20 minute preamble. They do. (laughs) That might be the case. Maybe that is the case. Maybe the people on Patreon are like messaging each other and are just like, guys, I found a shortcut. Just go straight to YouTube. Wait an extra (laughs) couple hours and we can skip through all the BS off the top. But jokes All on jokes them because here we are though, three minutes in still BSing. Well, I will I will say, like, we really do appreciate the Patreon for a few reasons. Number one, it's not like there's a ton of costs attached to the podcast, but you know, there's probably over a hundred bucks a month between Adam and I with Zoom and subscriptions and stuff like that to, really? to keep it up to date on shit. So uh just br- the Patreon allows us to break even, which is truly appreciated. When we especially put in by our all this wives. Effort. So, yeah, especially to our wives. So we we thank everyone who is a Patreon member. And if you are on the fence, there is a good reason to join Patreon. And for the most part, that reason is that Adam and I are busy. We don't just do the podcast for a living. And there are times when, let's say, we sit down with a Davis Schneider, right? Triple A guy, one of the top prospects in the Blue Jays system. And we just don't get that interview out right away. Uh, We talked to Davis about three weeks ago, and I think we are going to try and get that out tomorrow or or Thursday or whatever. But I look, I know. And what I want to add to what you're saying here, that sometimes we have to sit on an interview for a couple of weeks because we don't have time to go through and edit it. And I know you're probably watching these interviews and thinking, well, how long could that possibly take? Like, do you not just hand it off to a blind four-year-old and say, figure it out because that's what the results look like. And I appreciate all the positive support from everybody, (laughs) but no, I am doing my best and it is very time consuming. This is definitely outside my skill set and technical abilities. So the fact that we're able to do this at all is a Mm -hmm. act of God. Um, Yes. But yeah, sometimes we got to sit on it and uh, you can get those on Patreon immediately. Immediately. No waiting, raw, unedited. The same goes, the same goes for even mailbag. I know um, Mish Beer on Twitter. I, I forget her name on Marie, Mar- Mish Beer, Marie on Patreon. E- either oh, way, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, it matters. I mean, <laughs> oh, man. uh, Johnny's Apologies. another oh, one. Look, she just deleted her subscription. Yeah, there we go. So uh, <laughs> Johnny's another one. And I know that like yesterday, right? And it's me, it's had- Mish Beer on Patreon. Yes. Yeah. We had the interview with Craig Ballard of Locked On Jays yesterday. And yes, it was out in the afternoon. But I know that both Mish and Johnny watched it before we even got it up and out on YouTube. So again, if you if you are wanting that content right this second, Patreon. There you go. Uh, speaking of Johnny. Yes. Johnny, Johnny Eaton. Uh dropping an album 
That's right. June 30th. End of the month. Johnny Eaton, Canadian kid, Ontario boy, walk-off listener and member of the Grounds crew. If you want to support one of our own here within the community, Johnny Eaton. Oh, I'll read this, uh, this tweet. My new album, Here's the Thing. Drops June 30th. It's been a great labor of love with 18 different musicians joining the fray. Produced by the brilliant Gareth Auden Cole. Auden Hole. Pre-order here. Blah, blah, blah. A link that won't be clickable when I'm just reading it. So there you go. We'll put the link in our show notes if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, some good Canadian content. There you go. Uh, I'm excited for that because I've been not going to lie. I, I turn on the old Johnny Eaton YouTube channel. Uh, while I'm editing a lot of these videos and I just have some background music. So there you go. There you go. I'm genuinely excited for that. Okay. You ready for mailbag? It is a Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon kind of day. Very excited to get to this. We've got a ton of interaction today. Of course, you can always reach out, like we said, on Twitter and Instagram. I think we've already done this. On Patreon. We did all of that. So let's get into it, buddy. Did we do all See, this it? is why this is and by the way i've done this intro like three times because i started in the patreon version of this and yes. adam was like well hold on we have some stuff we need to do and i haven't told you any of the comments yet <laughs> so then we stopped and did that and uh anyways round three so now we're in third time's a charm we do our best here on the walk-off to <laughs> weed out anyone who might any just have casuals. found the channel and and is interested in the blue jays by making this the longest intro on the face of the planet you know what it does <laughs> it breeds tolerance yeah thank it's you very, we're very just contributing to the world yeah contributing to the world here we go okay uh first off let's just start with the fact that we got Dozens, literally dozens between the comment section and DMs on Twitter and stuff like that of uh, love for the Craig Ballard episode yesterday. Yeah. It's just a little bonus one we did on Monday. Good to talk to him. Of course, he's been super busy with his own podcast, the Locked on Jays podcast. Um, so if you love Craig Ballard and you want more of them, go watch uh, his show. There you go. It had been too long. It had been months since we had Craig on. And I mean, it's kind of funny how this community is happening and mm -hmm. you go a couple weeks without it's like garth is taking a break from even just watching the blue jays right now and i i'm like how's garth doing like what's it he's out on a boat now we don't get to talk blue jays with him like <laughs> i know it's uh it's uh it's it's weird it's it's a good good community so mm -hmm. okay uh again i don't know if we talked about this in the pre-show yet or not but we had a live show in calgary it went yes like gangbusters a uh, really good time um nice to put some faces to some comment section names which is really cool i know jane was out uh lauren was out yeah Taco it was uh, it was a really good time uh anyways we do have a live show coming up in edmonton in july do you know the date for that i do july 13th which is a thursday it's the thursday after the all-star break there is no blue jays game so to fulfill your Blue Jays quota, we are going to do that. And we are dead set on uniting Edmonton Blue Jays fans. We did that in Calgary. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, man. It was magic. A lot of fun. Like, I haven't, I haven't felt okay. that way. I know. I, okay, so I, listen, I, I know you. your response to this when I tweet or when I, yes, when I texted it to you was here. like, you're like, 
this is a little sad. <laughs> but but I was like, man, I haven't felt this way about a live show in like probably over 10 years. You know, like I've I, how long have you been doing stand-up comedy? So I've been a stand-up comic for 15 years. I've been doing it professionally. Come September, it'll be seven years that I've been a pro stand-up comic, and that's how I've made my money. So and after the live show, here's the text. You said, buddy, amazing work yesterday, man. I feel so good about what we just pulled off. And I said, agreed. And then you said, I felt like I used to. Or sorry, I felt like I used to after stand-up shows. And I said, aw, that's kind of sad. <laughs> just that you don't have that, like, nervous, excitement, butterflies in your tummy feeling for comedy anymore because it's just something that you're so good at it's like second nature you don't need to think about it whereas i don't know visibly stressing yeah uh, i don't know if it's something i'm i'm so good at but i think anything (laughs) listen i've i've i've, i don't know the number but my guess is i've been on stage over four thousand times you do anything that much and it takes the nerves and the excitement away. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. freaking love a good stand-up show. Like, I love killing for an hour and getting off stage and, and but feeling let's that be honest, but Most of your paid gigs is just being a corporate shell for yeah. Rogers at their staff parties. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, and that's a little, it deadens you inside. <laughs> but it's why, it's why I'm such a good corporate shell for Rogers on the show. <laughs> exactly they don't pay us for the podcast but they pay us for their corporate comedy events so there you go (laughs) i am kidding uh that is wishful thinking rogers we are absolutely available for your christmas happy holiday party everybody out there we are fully available for your christmas corporate parties definitely if you're in alberta we're available for your backyard barbecue party that's Um, true but we're not going to fly across the country for one of those no (laughs) okay that's, uh, I know that sounded like a joke, everybody. But by the way, if you do need a comic, think of us, you know? <laughs> yes. yes, for real. Or uh, yeah, if you just work at a company that's doing a staff party at the end of the year, um, we, that's what we do. So that's something we got to get better at promoting, though, is uh, the real way we make money. So mm-hmm. there you go. Reach out. Okay. Um, comments from the live show so taco time said good inaugural live show gentlemen i would encourage anyone able to get out to the edmonton show to go it's night to meet you guys in person and maybe you can convince joel to attend the edmonton show hey commie has guaranteed he will be there sean lacomber guest and friend of the show is going to come out i think we've got him convinced to maybe even do a little preamble off the top. Hey. By the uh, way, it's... Sean Lacomber, funny on long toss, hilarious mm-hmm. as a actual stand-up comedian. Truly one of the funniest guys in Canada. And we're not saying this just as buddies. It's you, you, you just need to watch him to know. And, you can attest uh, to the fact that like as a comedian in Canada, there's no such thing as fame, right? <laughs> I can attest to that. Yes, Adam. Like <laughs> other than getting a sitcom on CBC. And even there's then, no such no thing as a household name. Yeah. You're like, you're either Jerry D and Russell Peters, or you're one of the funniest people in the country anonymously. Exactly. So if you're not Jerry D or Brent, Butt or Russell Peters, exactly. uh, best of luck with your career. 
Best of luck with your career. Hope you like podcasting about baseball. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go. Uh, Lauren replied to that taco time comment and said, was that you in the back of the room last night? Which I just love that comment so much. Just a room full of walk-off listeners and they're starting to figure out afterwards who they are online. It's something that <laughs> I think we need to learn from and uh, maybe do things slightly different uh, in the Edmonton show and just yes, maybe try to engage in a way where it's like, hey, you might have people literally sitting right beside each other who message each other all the time online, in Discord. All the time, yeah. Or in the comment section and have no idea that they're sitting right next to their online best buddy. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying Lauren and Zako time are best buddies. Obviously, they're adversaries, but <laughs> the potential is still there. Okay, um, bunch of comments here from Taco Time, and they're pretty before good. Before we ones, get into so. that, before we get into that, uh, tickets for Edmonton on sale right now. We're going to pin the top comment as the ticket link on YouTube. We're going to have the link in the show notes for the audio listeners. Let's get Edmonton Blue Jays fans together. The code to save five bucks off the ticket price is walk off. All right, we'll move along. Very good. Uh, So it's from taco time. I'll just read all these and then we can address them one by one. Uh, Will Springer moved down the lineup now that he's made it to number two on the leadoff home run list. He's never catching Ricky Henderson, and it would be selfish to continue leading off when he could be driving in runners in the second half. This is something I've wondered about for ages. Will he move down once he gets to that number two spot? Um, Sean LaComber is like a happier and more mentally stable version of Garth. Hilarious comment and shots fired. Uh, <laughs> I do not think you can read anything into the Jays uh, two out of three from Oakland and Vlad's last home runs have come off of a shortstop and the A's not exactly Garrett Cole. Uh, You say Kikuchi's pitching great. I'd argue number two in the rotation pitch clock, helping him focus. And if Manoa comes back for Canada day or at any point and crumples his MLB career would be all but over. I'd let him play his way back to the bigs. So a lot to get to here, Scott. A very interesting take in a couple of those. Number one was Springer. I think we have been saying this at least for a year that George Springer truly does profile as a guy who drives in runs at this point in his career. And I'm not taking anything away from what he does at the top of the lineup. All right. Because he is one of the best leadoff men to ever do it. The numbers show it. I mean, him hitting his that home run off the top of the game there to become the lone holder of second place for most home runs from a leadoff man. Like, that's that's not anything to, to sneeze at, you know? Like, that is incredible. And that is something that he might, no one might catch him. You know, like he may hold second place forever. Uh, but it is a very good point about not catching Ricky Henderson. And maybe it is time for Springer to look inward and recalibrate who he is as a player. He still has plenty of speed. He still looks good in the outfield. But maybe those Springer dingers would look better in that four hole or the three hole when there's some guys on base and all of a sudden those solo home runs become two run or three run home runs. It's 
something I wouldn't mind seeing happen. Not that there's actually a prototypical leadoff guy on this team, although with the way Whit Merrifield is playing, you maybe could get away with Whit at the top of this order. So, yes. I do think Ricky Henderson's number is reachable. So, Ricky Henderson, number one record, 81 leadoff home runs. Uh, George Springer second place right now with 55. So he would need 26. No. Yeah. 26 home runs to tie Ricky Henderson. 27 would uh, put him number one all time. He got nine last year. Seven the year before his single season record. uh, 12 leadoff blasts for the Houston Astros in 2019. 39 over seven seasons in Houston. Five seasons, he could do it. So for George Springer to do this, he turns 34 in the offseason. Yeah, he is old. I was thinking he like, was like that's, 31. That's 34 is a thing. stretch. Yeah, like it's it's going to be... he To keep the pace he's at... And if he does keep the pace, it just yeah. logically makes more sense for him to be a little lower in the batting order. And yeah, 34 sucks. Never mind. I is, take back this, my take. This is one thing that I think the Blue Jays as an organization will let Springer decide if it happens. But it may be something they sit down with him over this next offseason and, and bounce off him. Maybe Boba Shett's in that number one spot. Who knows? All right. So that's the George Springer t- topic. Yeah. I mean, probably makes sense for him to move down now that he's got it. Maybe after the all-star break, mm-hmm. make make the move. I don't know. Um, Kikuchi pitching great. Is yep. he number two in the rotation? Not on my list, but uh, there is an argument there. I, I I think Jose Barrios is our number two at this point, but... I think Barrios is our number two as well. I think, well, here's the thing. Gossman's there is an argument. One. There is an Gossman's argument. number one. And then I think Kikuchi is behind Barrios. But then I think it comes down to where you value Chris Bassett and the absolute liability that he is against left-handed bats. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think we can all agree against right-handed bats. He's probably he our number two. Yeah. But against left-handed bats, he's probably our number five. Yeah. So I would say Kikuchi as our number three, I would listen to that argument. But it, yep. again, it depends on how you uh, how concerned you are with Chris Bassett's splits. That said, Kikuchi, you cannot, there's not any negativity you can throw at that man. The guy has been a complete revelation in 2023. And thank God with what is going on with Alec Manoa. And I know that that's kind of the next subject here, right? Yeah. So if Manoa comes back and folds his MLB career, would it all would, sorry, if he comes back and folds crumples, his MLB career would be all but over. Uh, I'd let him play his way back to the bigs. So I think that's a strong opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, if he came back, I think the C and, and is, is bad. I think the season is over. Like if you have to send him back down again, 
who are we kidding? We're not expecting them back up for the playoffs, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but I do like the idea of, of making him play his way back to the bigs. Um, I like mean, we you did brought it up. Pearson. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You brought it up that this is how that they treated Nate Pearson in 2023. It's not how they've always mapped out Pearson's development, right? Like they were giving him every opportunity and then he just couldn't stay on the field. Manoa, definitely a different animal and you're going to need to map him out for his personality and what ails him which we don't really know what it is but like reports say he, he yeah like re- reports pitch say in vancouver let's see like a one walk per nine and a 12 k per nine rate in vancouver and then put him up to double a and yep. then in new hampshire let's see the same thing and then put him in triple a and then when he's pitching at triple a and his numbers are just like absurd that he makes his return to the big show and it's going to be interesting to see what that map for alec manoa is i mean he is still in the pitching lab he is not in a game scenario he has yet to play in a game scenario since they sent him down and at this point i strongly believe rehab is needed and i think that that is the pathway they are going to take and i'm i'm with you adam i think that they they do every level they they maybe you can get away with starting them in vancouver forget the florida state league i don't think that that's necessarily the the florida coast league's not something that you need to to bother with but get him in vancouver get him feeling right he's going to be in front of a very vocal crowd who are going to be incredibly excited that they're seeing the number three Cy Young voted pitcher for the American League last season in Vancouver. So you're going to have some fanfare. You'll want them to dominate. You'll want them to move up to double A, where they have currently the organization's most depth for starting pitchers in Semro Burst and Chad Dallas and Ricky T. So he joins that rotation and would need to perform. And I'm with you, buddy. Let's make him force this Blue Jays hand, right? Let's make Ross Atkins look at what he's doing when he's in Buffalo and go, well, this is ridiculous. I think he's 100% back. Let's let's bring him back to this Blue Jays starting rotation. Now, we did get one comment. Uh, I don't know why this stood out to me so much, but uh, Raps Love 9873 commented and said who are we to say he's not ready and uh i've been saying this for alec manoa's entire career i mean when they brought him up for his mlb debut yeah two and a half seasons ago i was also in the camp of please do not bring him up yeah this fast like and they did and i absolutely had to eat my words about it so i would love to be just yeah. as wrong. Oh God, this time I would around. love to be wrong. Please. I mean, I, I, you know what? Like, and this, this is the thing is if they did something crazy, like bring them up before the all-star game, which I am so against, but if they did and he saw great success, like I, fantastic. Yeah. I, I don't give a shit about being right. If it means nope. this team is going to score more W's because of a move they make. So there you go. 
Okay. Uh, speaking of not caring about being right, we had a comment on, I don't remember which video it was earlier in the week, but I brought it up on long toss because it was just kind of rubbing me the wrong way. <clears throat> so Oliver commented and said, Ross Atkins, question mark, Aaron Hicks for free, sure would look nice in our outfield. Speed, defense, right-handed bat. He's a switch hitter, but I get it. He does also yeah. hit right-handed. Um, and then Mark weighed in and said, I've been wanting the Jays to add Hicks since the Yankees released him. Anyways, these comments, and there was a few other people that replied to this comment, but I mentioned it on long toss, and I used the word delusional. And I just want to clarify things because... Mark commented on long toss and said to say that the acquisition of Hicks is delusional is in itself delusional. Uh, and then goes on to list numbers of Aaron Hicks and how phenomenally above average he is against left-handed hitters. Whereas Kiermaier and Varsho are both not good against left-handed hitters. So I will concede the fact that yes, the 25% of the time that there is a left-handed hitter or left-handed pitcher on the mound, uh, Aaron Hicks technically would be better than Varsho or Kiermaier. So, again, I just wanted to maybe not necessarily walk back my comments about using the word delusional. I want to clarify, though. Having interest in Aaron Hicks is not delusional. Delusional is more directed at the idea that Again, Ross Atkins is an incompetent bum and using the fact that we didn't pick up Aaron Hicks as proof of that argument because we just get that argument all the time that he's incompetent and a terrible GM. And again, we this superstar was sitting there on the scrap heap and what a bum for not picking him up. I just mean that's where the delusional is. I'm not yeah. saying it's delusional to be interested in Aaron Hicks. DFA by the Yankees. I think they were paying $27 million for him to not play for them. I mean, to take a flyer on him, they would have been paying him, the, I think, the league minimum, like 700000 mm -hmm. The Yankees would have paid the rest of the bill. So, like, literally would have been for free. Well, not quite literally, but essentially, yeah, for free. So, like, I guess what's the harm? What's the risk in, in trying it? So, it's not delusional to show interest in Aaron Hicks. If that's what I said on long toss, my apologies. But the idea that Ross Atkins is again, an incompetent asleep at the bum, wheel because he asleep didn't. at the wheel because he didn't jump at a guy who has a <laughs> career OPS plus below average mm -hmm. and was hitting 198 on the season. And was, I just, mean, there is obviously a very, very good reason why he was DFA'd by the Yankees right. who let's face it are reeling and, and the rebound that their... he's shown in Baltimore is not exactly like, I mean, good for Aaron Hicks. Yeah. But this happens every year, Adam, we saw it with Matt Carpenter, right? Matt Carpenter yes. stud stud with the St. Louis Cardinals for years and years Great example. For whatever reason, lost it, right? Wound up kicking around the minor league system, was released by the Cardinals. The Yankees picked him up, shoved them, shoved Carpenter into 
the middle of their batting order and he made 29 other teams look like idiots for not getting in on him. And, and, and there are examples of this throughout baseball every single year, there's one guy like this. And so good for Aaron Hicks, but I Matt Carpenter, sorry, Matt Carpenter is a great example because like you said, this is a guy who was an all-star was like an MVP vote getter, uh, silver slugger, just like all around really good guy. Um, in 2020, we saw his batting average drop below 200. Uh, 2021, through 130 games with the Cardinals, he was hitting 169 before getting released. Then the Yankees picked him up. He played 47 games for the Yankees, hit 305, and had an OPS of uh, 1138. Elite Matt Carpenter at age 36. This year, Signed with the Padres, hitting 178 again. So, Matt Carpenter's yeah 47-game stretch with the Yankees last year, I don't want to say fluke, no. but, like, man, did the stars ever align? It's probably the last that to look like a career. brilliant yes. move. It, so, it looks like a brilliant move when it's really a lottery ticket that they happen to, to hit. To, win, to hit. Right. So I'm not saying it's a perfect comparable to Aaron Hicks, but like Aaron Hicks, like you said, DFA, the Yankees paid him $30 million to not play to for leave them the city. Yes. They did that for a reason. And it's not because he wasn't hitting good enough against lefty hitters in the month of May in the seventh inning and later. Like, yeah, the Yankees have also the stats on how Aaron Hicks hits against left-handed pitchers, by the way. So, <laughs> so again, not delusional to be interested in taking a flyer. I also agree that like to get them for essentially free would be, would awesome. have been right. like, Hey, why not? It's p- potentially an upside guy that would have cost us nothing, but to act like there was just this guaranteed, oh, he was going to bounce back and be a 300 hitter for the Orioles. How did the Jays pass up on him? It's like, that's where I'm like, you're, yeah, you're a little out of touch with reality. I always, sorry, I always, when it comes to drafts too, when like Ben Joyce is having success at the major league level, they're like, oh, he's really shoving it in the face of the 29 teams that passed up on him. It's like, Okay, but the Angels also passed up on him four times. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not yeah. like, I don't know. Uh, not not a quite the yeah, same it, thing honestly, at all. Honestly, dude, honestly, man, it's just, it's, it's the state of the world we're in right now in 2023. God forbid there's ever a gray area in anything. It's got to be black and white wins and losses, and that's just not how things play out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm now realizing in hindsight, Mark, at you specifically, this might not have sounded like an apology. I meant it yeah. as one. I did mean yeah. to walk back my comments a little bit and to not say that Mark is delusional or and having interest in Eric I, Hicks. I mean, I spent all offseason saying, hey, we should go out and get Cody Bellinger. People yeah. probably could have said that about me, too. I mean, I think he's having a bounce back season, not to MVP levels, but. Mark just, Ryan, by the way, is a regular listener. So I we do just it's it's one of the reasons we tackled this question, Mark, is like 
um, in case you took it personal, like Adam wasn't calling you delusional for this take, by the way. And Aaron Hicks would look very good right now on a blue. But hindsight's 2020. Hindsight's 2020. And the only pushback here is that to put this on the list of fails by Atkins. Right. I, I Exactly. There is a list of fails. By there Atkins, is a list of by fails. The way. For sure. <laughs> the, just Aaron Hicks isn't one of them. Okay. Um, also, I don't think this is on a list of fails by the Yankees either. No. DFA Aaron Hicks. Like, this. he was god awful for them. He was yeah. brutal. He was costing so, them games. So, I mean, they probably didn't see McKinley in the outfield uh, down the road and probably would like no. to have Aaron Hicks right now, but. Again, I'd say it's 2020. Anyways, uh, let's move on to our next delusional comment of the day. I say that just kidding. Um, but Del Marley uh, commented on Long Toss and said, who is the dummy that said Jansen should hit two? The fact that nobody didn't say anything makes this podcast seem so amateur. And I love the use of a double negative there when pointing out how amateurish we are. It's just... The fact that nobody didn't say nothing. This is great. <laughs> so this is just such a great starting point to take your high horse stance on grammatical yeah. errors, um, which, by the way, I love grammatical errors. But the irony of of doing this in such a critical, rainy, poopy comment towards us. Um, anyways, goes on to say, how do you compare Marcus Simeon to Danny Jansen? They're not even in the same class. And now Joel chimed in in our comment section mm-hmm. and said, well, since 2021, Danny has an OPS of 804 with 25 homers in 19 games. They're literally hitting exactly the same, but Danny is a catcher. Yeah. I mean, I look back at the last 238 games. So this is the last two seasons of Marcus Simeon. It's 161 games last year and 67 games so far this season. So his last two calendar years of baseball, uh, Marcus Simeon has 36 home runs and an OPS of 753. Danny Jansen doesn't play as many games every year, so I had to go back over four years to get a comparable sample size. But again, Marcus Simeon over 238. Danny Jansen over his last 232. Jansen has 42 home runs. Mm-hmm. Marcus Simeon's 36. And has an extra 20 points on his OPS. So by here's the way, where the comparison started for me. Yes. Yes. Out of Danny Jansen's mouth. The influence mm-hmm. that Marcus Simeon had on him as a hitter direct yes. from the horse's mouth when Danny Jansen was on the show talking with us about how he's tweaked his mindset at the plate and the Simeon is who he brought up. Yes. That is the impact of playing with Marcus Simeon, the approach Simeon had at the plate. So that's where we compare Marcus Simeon to Danny Jansen. And then the fact that the numbers are arguably in the same class. Yeah. Is where, by the way, it's shocking. And I, I understand where, when you start looking at Danny Jansen, AKA a power hitter might make you uncomfortable, but those are the numbers. Those are the numbers. And by the way, uh, I took it anyways. When Joel said, put him in the second hole, 
that, that it was tongue in cheek. I don't think anyone is saying, let's move Bo Bichette out of the two hole. And if that's how you took it, that's on you. That is not on us for not stopping the show and Delusional. being like, so everyone knows we are joking <laughs> around here. Obviously, Bo Bichette's better than Danny Jansen. Obviously. Okay. Bo Bichette is our two hole hitter and fingers crossed. He's our two hole hitter for a decade. All right. But let's not poo poo Danny Jansen just because. Because you don't know how to look at the stats. I'm, I'm well, I, being shitty. I'm being shitty. That right? you were good until the last part, and then it was yeah. it was a little caustic. Uh, and I'll say <laughs> that as someone who also doesn't know how to look at the stats. Yeah. Um. Maybe I felt attacked in that moment. <laughs> Anytime someone <laughs> points out not knowing how to look at the stats. Oh, look at these guys. Keep referring to batting average. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, on Twitter, James Green said, hey, Adam, Scott, love what you guys do. I know everyone keeps mentioning the trade deadline and the need for a bullpen piece, but is there a world where things could be filled internationally? Internally. (laughs) Internally. Could they be filled internally? This is a really great question. This is a really great question. Obviously, I think when you're talking Jay's fandom, we all hope that there is a big acquisition at the deadline where there's a stud that comes in and picks up the ball and is comes with a track record, comes with a been there, done that. That said, if that is not the route this team goes, I will be disappointed. However, there are some very interesting options happening right now in AAA. Let's start with Junior Fernandez. Now, Junior Fernandez was picked up in the offseason and he's got a big fastball. He's kicked around a bit because he hasn't been able to keep his walks under control. And this is a, an area he probably still is a little high on. However, since May 10th, Junior Fernandez has pitched 16.2 innings. Okay, he's got 20 Ks, eight walks, two earned runs, an ERA of 1.11 a FIP of 2.41 FIP. Just a reminder, you read it exactly like ERA, but it takes out defense and the park they're pitching in. And his whip is excellent at 1.17. So Junior Fernandez truly is a option to pitch in this bullpen. If something happens, Um, by the way, all we've seen in this bullpen so far, we saw Jay Jackson, who has been yo-yoed up and down a couple of times. Now, Jay Jackson is just an old season veteran who is here pretty much as depth. Junior Fernandez has a much higher ceiling if he can keep his control under wraps. If he cannot walk, guys, Junior Fernandez is definitely going to be a high leverage option in this pen. If he can't keep his walks down, I don't think he even gets given the opportunity with this Blue Jays staff. Okay, so Jay Jackson's been yo-yoed up and down. The other guys we've seen is Trent Thornton and Thomas Hatch. Trent Thornton currently with the team. These guys have been called up out of pure necessity for innings. This team doesn't really have a long man outside of Trevor Richards who can give you two or three innings, and they had to work at, at stretching him out. So the other options internally are going to be friend of the show and returning next week. Kyle Johnston. Now, Kyle has been with this organization for a few years now and has struggled 
this season with health, but he's back. He's healthy and he looks good. He is a legitimate option to be a lower leverage guy. So as we see Tim Mesa continue to move up the ranks, Kyle Johnson, although not a left-handed pitcher, pitches well against righties. And so he may get that uh, opportunity. And then last and not least, Hagen Danner, who is probably the highest ceiling guy. Um, Converted catcher, 100 miles an hour. 100 miles Sweet an mustache, hour. epic flow. What's not to like? Haggy D. And Haggy D has been with this team for seven years now in the organization, 25 years old. He knows every single guy <laughs> top to bottom in this organization. He's just a real glue guy and a fun dude. I think he'd fit into the back end of this bullpen well. Uh, I don't know if you want to pull his numbers up real quick here, Adam, but Hagen Danner, also had injury problems to start the season. He had some injury problems last year. I think it's why his development has been slowed. He was added to the 40-man roster last offseason and then just didn't pitch much. So he is a guy on the 40-man roster. Hagen Danner could be the dude if they don't go out and get a proven commodity. So 12 innings pitched in AAA this season. He's got a whip of 1.167. Walks per nine, 3.8. Strikeouts per nine, 10.5. So. He looks good. good. And he was blowing up in his first game. Called up from double A. So he, he missed the beginning of the season with some injuries. Played a little in New Hampshire. Got the call up to double A. Uh, sorry, to AAA with Buffalo, uh, got blowing up in that first game. And so that has uh, definitely hurt his numbers a little bit. I think it's why we didn't bring up his ERA, but this is the yeah, guy. His ERA is only four and a half. But... Yeah, like it's not so bad. Um, Hagen Danner, I'm excited about and have been excited about for a little while. I know you've probably heard his name a few times on the show here. Again, he's been very generous with his time and come on a couple times and i know that he will come on again here um yeah so those are kind of the internal options for what we could see bullpen wise again i really would still rather see them go out and get a proven commodity but we may see a guy like hagen danner in this bullpen come the playoffs anyways just with the stuff he has um last seven starts if you're curious ERA 1.86, opponent batting average 200, uh, 10 strikeouts versus two walks over nine and two-thirds innings. So there you go. Love to see it. Haggy D. Okay. Um, next we've got, oh, this is a good one, Scott. Uh, do you guys literally work for effing Rogers? Brandon Belt had been a joke acquisition. Uh, We could have had Conforto, but instead we let him go to San Fran and then picked up their sloppy seconds. But you guys constantly jack Shatkins off about this crappy signing. And I'm really censoring a lot of the language here. Yeah. $9 million for four home runs. Come on. Sad. Oh, man. I hate this comment so much. Well, for the record, it's a representation of 
dozens of people who feel this way across Canada. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, to start with, I have no idea why you would think this team could have had Michael Conforto. I don't know that they even wanted him. It's impossible to say that, especially with how obviously motivated the Giants were to land him after losing both Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa. Like, Mike's acting like this is operating in a vacuum here. Like, they He's had acting all like these... this is a no-brainer, like going to get Aaron Hicks. Yeah, exactly. Like, listen, <laughs> Michael Conforto, and I'm not even shitting on Michael Conforto. He's a good player. It took 36 million and two years to get Conforto after a season that he missed all of the time with an injury and part of 2021. So he hadn't played in over a year. I know that they went with uh, a risky endeavor in Brandon Belt anyways. But $9 million. I don't know if you did the math on this is almost 25% of $36 million. I can confirm Brandon belt had a garbage April, but to act like this has been a huge whiff of a, of a signing is completely biased. And if you have decided Brandon belt sucks and you hate him and there's nothing he can do, that's end of conversation. How do I argue with that? Brandon Belt has the best OPS on the team since May 1st. He has the best on base percentage on the team since May 1st, but not just that. He's a top 10 guy on base percentage wise in Major League Baseball. He has constantly been a lightning rod for fun in a dressing room that feels like it's lacking it. Time and time again, we watch these players congregate around Brandon Belt. Young guys like Dalton show are drawn to the man. This is a dude with two World Series rings. This is a man with 30 Seven games of playoff experience. Yes, Conforto has 12 home runs and 42 RBIs compared to Belt's four home runs. Conforto's slash line, by the way, 240. An on-base percentage of 338. And a slug of 384. Michael Conforto's a good ball player. But I just feel like this comparison is so off base and so biased. Like Brandon Belt is doing so much good for this team that goes far beyond his four home runs. And if you feel that us pointing that out makes us corporate shills for Rogers, well, we're not getting paid a damn cent from them. I guess, uh, I guess that's your take. Like yeah, I, I'm yeah. trying not to be shitty here because I, I everyone is allowed their opinion, but. There are so many holes in this sieve of an argument. I I, I, um, I feel myself we, getting worked up about it. I could tell. Uh, we did just get the news in the past week that uh, Masataka Yoshida 
was under the impression he was coming to Toronto this year before ultimately signing with the Red Sox. That feels like that was the plan A. Like yeah. if, yeah, I I don't think the Blue Jays were ever in on Michael, Michael Conforto. Conforto. I think we were in on Yoshida. Yeah, lost out on him, and then made all those. You can call them panic pivot. moves if you want. I don't quite think panic. It, when you look at the timeline, it's hard to say it wasn't a bit of a panic, but it could also be a total coincidence. I don't know. Brandon Belt signing January tenth. Uh, several weeks after the Yoshida uh, missing out on event happened, Michael Conforto on the 23rd of December. I feel like if we wanted Michael Conforto, we would have made a run at him. And I, I'm not a Michael Conforto guy. Yeah. I, I don't know where Conforto even came from this comment. Anyways. I mean, irrelevant. Look, it, it look, it goes back to Aaron Hicks because yes, Aaron Hicks currently is playing good. It's like Matt Carpenter was playing good. Michael Conforto this year, 12 home runs. Yeah, that looks nice. Okay, but the season before, like you said, didn't play at all. Season before that looked good. I mean, he hit, uh, oh no, it didn't look good. 14 home runs, over 125 games, 232 batting average. Missed the end of the season. Yeah, the end of the season. I mean, like, again, I just keep going back to the fact that, like, this isn't like Aaron Judge, who was like mashing the ball for five seasons and then took a year off, and then it's like, oh, why didn't we take a flyer on this guy? It's like Michael Conforto's always been kind of overrated. I think. I'm going to tell you right now, Michael Conforto, in my opinion, isn't worth eighteen million dollars a season. I will say the Masataka Yoshida missing out on him, finishing runner up, however you want to look at it. I genuinely don't know how I feel about this in terms of like, what does this say about Ross Atkins ability as GM or quality of. It's like, cause I don't mind the pivot Adam. I honestly don't. I, I, I mean, this could be bias on my fact because I have been wanting Dalton Var show in a Blue Jays uniform since last trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that I just really liked how he profiled when he was with Arizona. I loved his defense, and I just thought he was a guy who's going to hit for uh, 30 home runs if he gets out of Arizona. All of those things still may be true. <laughs> Definitely on the upswing of his career, only 26 years old. I just, the Masataka Yoshida thing, I think is if nothing else a reminder that like you said this isn't just happening in a vacuum there are other teams vying for talent like maybe the blue maybe ross atkins did make a claim on aaron hicks you don't know, you know what i mean a hundred percent so percent Man, this is this is a mailbag we haven't had in a while. Man, there were a lot of like, you guys are freaking idiots. <laughs> yep. But we're giving it breath. We're giving it air. We're the ones that pick those ones, I guess. But <laughs> okay. Uh toxic positivity for a second. Kudos. Shout out. Friend of the show. Sam Roberts. Yes. Along with Yas for Zulueta. Uh 
invited to the Futures game at the All-Star break. Which is very, very cool to see. Which is very, very cool to see. Um, Semra Burse of the Netherlands. Uh, not quite as sweet a mustache as Hagen Danner, but nope. giving it his best effort. Uh, a more really European, like a more European mustache, though. There you go, there you go. Uh, so his line this year through fourteen games in New Hampshire, uh, four five four ERA, the WHIP one point one eight, very good. Walks per nine three point five, strikeouts per nine eight point eight. Um, Sam Reverse, man, he's like a ways away. What is he? Twenty years old. Years old. Yeah, 21 years old. But I'm I'm high on Semro Burst in the long term. I it might be five years before he's a starting pitcher in this I, rotation. I don't know about that. I think that Sem we could see pushing the uh organization to move him up in the next year or two. We'll see. I bet you finishes the year at double A. I think so too. I like the way that they're using the, like the way they've mapped out Sem's development from bringing him over from the Netherlands, introducing him into the, the Florida state league. Um, he's been constantly adding velo to his fastball. Yes, he has, he's up to 95. Now he's touching. Of course, when we t- first talked to him, he was just turned 18 and was touching 91, 92. So definitely has added velo. Um, Original Blunt Smokin piped up and asked, no, Ricky T. Has anyone heard if he's making progress for a return? By the way, Scott, you always say piped up or original Blunt Smokin. And I'm just making the connection now. Isn't that clever, right? I never noticed it. I always (laughs) thought it was just like off the cuff, you know, like, oh, yeah, Ian posted this thing about Sam in the Discord. And then original blunt smoke had piped up and just like, you know, had an extra comment on that. Nope. But now I'm, I'm making the pipe connection. So yes, well it's done. a very well planned. This has been a very hunt. subtle joke, <laughs> uh, probably months before you finally got your payoff, but I am acknowledging it now that it is a clever, subtle pun. And I like it. Well done. Okay. So no Ricky Tiedemann. What's the update, Scott? So we will end on this. The Ricky Tiedemann update. So Ricky no, Tiedemann. No, we won't. We have one more from Patreon. But. Oh, okay. Perfect. Perfect. Never mind then. Uh, so Ricky Tiedemann hit the IL on May 9th. And that was because his bicep has inflammation. Okay. This is his throwing arm. He logged 12.2 innings across four starts for AA New Hampshire in that time before he hit the IL. So he has yet to start a rehab assignment. And according to Baseball America, this was three days ago that they made this statement. He is week to week. So end of May, it was actually stated that he was in line to start a rehab assignment. And then they found more inflammation and shut him back down. So this is one of those things where, unfortunately, he can't throw until the inflammation is gone. This is a waiting game. 
Everybody's body is different. How long is it going to take? Well, it's already taken about a month longer than they expected. So who knows? But the current, how is he doing kind of status? The status of Ricky T is week to week. All right. Do you think we see him this year? I mean, the talk early was he could make his MLB debut 2023. Oh, not in sailed. At this point, he's had 12 innings pitched this season, and we're coming up on July. Uh, the dreams of Ricky T contributing in 2023, I think that boat has sailed personally. I think so, too. Okay, uh, last one. Homework question. We don't have answers for this. Oh, oh yeah, um, this one, yeah. But it's a great question on the list. Last from John Dick in Patreon. says, hey, guys, I have a question. If you're ever short on mailbag questions, it's not Jay-specific or even important. Um, but it's something I haven't been able to figure out. So how the heck do you calculate batting average by pitch? Uh, as far, you know, you see it on the, on the ticker. Oh, Vladdy batting average versus fastball 375 batting yeah. average versus curveball, 111. How do you calculate that? Um, so he says, as far as I know, a batting average needs two metrics and at bat and a result. Right. Base hits divided by total at bats. There's your batting average. Uh, a single pitch, i.e., curveball, fastball, etc., doesn't constitute an at bat. So, how do we get the metric? And does it mean something different than it appears at surface level? So, I love this question so damn much. And for the grounds crew out there that are a little smarter than we are, would love to hear the answer. So, this is what I always thought that this stat meant. And I have no idea if this is correct, but I thought that you just take the total of number of, let's say, curveballs thrown to Vladdy, and then you take how many hits he got from that amount of pitches. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, there's a lot of variables there that don't really make sense. And that doesn't feel right now, although that is what I assumed it was. So for those of you out there, the bigger stat, stat nerds, the smarter folks, fill the rest of us in. <laughs> so around 600 at-bats in a full season for Vladdy. I know it goes up and down, but let's just say 600 at-bats. Let's say... It's a five pitch at bat on average. That might be high. I'm totally just pulling numbers out of my head here. But let's say it's five pitches per at bat. And let's say two of those pitches are curveballs. That would mean 1,200 curveballs were thrown to Vladdy. And he has 175 hits. Let's just say at the end of the season. If every one of those hits came off of a curveball, let's say, yeah, that's all he was able to hit. That's still only a batting average of like a hundred. Yeah, so, so that, I don't. That so that we're way. Off, yeah, that can't be the way. That can't be the way. So yeah, I have no idea. Uh, we are, by the way, John Dick, number one friend of the show, and really, uh, really is he our number one friend of the show? I don't know if he's our number one friend. Oh, of the I show, see what you're but, saying. You just saying but, number one, like you're going to do an itemized list. Number one, 
comma number he's one a friend of the show friend of the show yeah okay. friend of gotcha. the show and i mean he, john dick don't he, get full of yourself you're not our number one friend of the show you are just he ranks up many. there he came to a comedy know, show know, line, and that's all you it's gotta all do to, to raise up the, yes, the yes. fandom of on my scale uh <laughs> uh yeah so friend of the show and a really really good question and i we are going to do the research on this by the way uh, we will try and have an answer on Friday. However, what would really make this easy on us is if some super smart grounds crew member just lays it all out for us in the comments. <laughs> and then we'll Lay it all out for us and give us a bibliography. Cite your sources. Give us a clickable <laughs> link that we can just verify that if you did find something more than talking out of your ass the way we usually do. Yes. We could do that. We can just do that ourselves. So yes. do the actual homework, cite your sources, and uh, we'll have a more educated answer on Friday. But yeah, great question. So, All right, everybody. Thank you so very much for the patronage. Seriously, we really love this little walk-off community that has been created, and you are a big reason why it is what it is. Feel free to join the Discord. Shoot us a message on Twitter at Walk Off Podcast or Instagram, the Walk Off Podcast, and we can send you the link. Feel free to be as interactive as you would like. Drop a comment in the comment section. Hit us up with a DM, however you want to do it. Mailbag grows every single week, and we do apologize to the, um, I don't know, it's probably safe to say 100 plus comments we got that we didn't get to we do really appreciate you uh edmonton we are uniting all toronto blue jays fans in edmonton july 13th thursday there are no games that day it's right after the all-star break so come on out get your baseball phil and honestly these live shows like they have been blowing my mind it's so fun. so fun i can't wait to do it again so please come on out spread the word to your other blue jays fans and that is one thing that adam and i wanted to just touch on really quick before we call this a show is that if you have friends who don't know what the walk-off is and you're like well i i want to come but i don't know what to bring bring them anyways we're not talking science here you know they're gonna figure out what we're talking about and it's super interactive and super fun and then maybe we can get a, a, another fan of the show there too right so bring there your you friends out who are jays fans and away you go walk off is the code to save yourself five bucks on those tickets take care everybody thanks so much cheers bye dad thanks for listening to the walk off podcast with scott belford and adam mack with a new episode every friday Thanks for listening. 